0: Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you're listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. I have a, a special guest tonight, a man I haven't talked to on the air in a number of years. Okay. He is the one of the foremost actors in Chicago, who is also a terrific playwright. Say hello to John Rieger. Hello, John. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me here. Yes. Uh, tell us about christmas schooner that's running at the mercury theater that's it's such a joy to watch well it's uh you know
1: christmas schooner has been part of chicago christmas now for gosh 17 years i think it's been and uh, you know when you write something like that in in your home and you know you you get out your paper and your pen and just never dream anything that you'll put down and you'll create will be around for 17 christmases and so many people will have you know embraced it and made it part of their christmas and it's really become a part of of, um, of the chicago
0: christmas theater scene it and is and you know most people think schooner and the goodman's christmas carol are the two Christmas shows to see. <laughs> well, that's and a then there's all the rest. Pretty high praise. Yeah. It's Charles Dickens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's been wonderful. It's been a really surprise um, that it's lasted all these years. Just when it closed at the Bailiwick, I thought, well, that's the end of the run. And, and then it got picked up at, at uh, Theater at the Center in Munster. And I thought, well, that was nice. But that's the end of that. And then, all uh, the Blue Walters Stearns so of the Mercury called up and said, we we went to see the last year of the production at the Bailiwick, and we love that show, and we think we'd like to do it at the Mercury. And now we have a whole new life here at the Mercury. Yeah, it's a terrific production.
0: So let's go back. Tell us how you got involved in it, in, and what was your inspiration?
1: Well, you know, Paula and I, my wife, Paul Scafano, for anybody who might not know that, When we first got out of college, even while we were in college, we were in a folk singing group called the American Heritage Ensemble. And that toured grade schools and high schools and and colleges. We did the USO tour. We made some shows for PBS. And it was all based on folk stories and folk heritage and folk songs. And one of the first songs we wrote, one of the first shows we wrote, excuse me, was um, a show called Song of the Inland Seas which took place in the history of the Great Lakes region. And when we were rehearsing that, um uh I came across the story of the Christmas tree ship, which sailed out of uh upper Wisconsin and and the UP in the Michigan, and brought Christmas trees down to Chicago. So it was a fact that I had known about for a lot of years. And uh, then I was sitting there one Christmas, and I was watching TV, and they had on Mister Magoo's Christmas Carol, and Alistair Sim Christmas Carol, and the Muppets Christmas Carol, and Mickey's Christmas Carol. And I thought, "Aren't we? Don't we need our own Christmas story?" I mean, here we are um, doing a wonderful story, Christmas Carol, but you know, it takes place in London, England. Certainly, we have our own Christmas story, particularly out there in Chicago. Yeah. 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 And then it suddenly the light bulb went off, and I went what about that Christmas tree ship and I really there wasn't very much material on it nobody they all knew about the sinking of the Rouse Simmons, which was the main Christmas tree ship which took place a hundred years ago this year yeah nineteen twelve but when I was doing research nobody could I could not find any stories about how it began. who got the idea what happened the first year um what Who was the captain that sailed out with the first bunch of Christmas tree ships? What did his crew think? What did his his wife think? So that kind of got me started about not doing the end of the era of the Christmas tree ship, but in fact doing the beginning of the era. And so I fictionalized this story about the Stossel family who lived up in Manistique, Michigan, and this man who gets the idea to bring Christmas trees, because as a lot of people don't know, in the late 1800s, 80% of the population here in Chicago was German. That's right. An enormous German population. And Tannenbaum and, is a very yeah, German... Yeah. Very, very German tradition, of course, as you know. And uh, anyway, so I approached my collaborator, Julie Shannon. We had written one show previous together, and she loved the idea and began writing this gorgeous Christmas holiday music. And, um, and we began recording it with a lot of our friends in their house, and we took it actually to Northwestern University thinking they might do a small little workshop production. Well, lo and behold, they made it their main stage musical that year with some wonderful people in it, and we learned a lot from that first production. We did some rewrites, and I took it over to the Bailiwick because I knew they did new Christmas shows. They had done one earlier called Christmas Twist or something, so I knew they were doing new Christmas shows. And from the Bailiwick production, it got put in the Musical Theater International catalog, um, and we've had over 125 productions here in Chicago and around the country. It's been, it's
0: been amazing story. And you even in England, right? Yeah, yeah. we had one in Bristol, England. <laughs> they
1: found out about us over in Bristol, England, but they did and got a great review on the BBC. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. But so, it's found just a wonderful home here at the Mercury. Well, second
0: year here. Uh, the day we're meeting, it's a special occasion.
1: So right. So tell us about it. Right. We're, we're meeting here on December 10th of uh, 2012. Um, because tonight we're doing a, Memorial Celebration Concert. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wonderful collaborator Julie Shannon passed away earlier this year. So Schooner this year has a very bittersweet feel. Hearing the music and seeing the story and knowing Julie isn't here this year is is uh, really an emotional experience for all of us. So uh, tonight we're doing a celebration of her music because there's a lot of music that Julia wrote I hadn't even heard because she had a long career before she and I were collaborators. So her husband, Bill, uh, went into the file cabinet and old recordings, and uh, we just sat there and listened to songs, and she chose 24 songs. Wow. Um, s- some of them I said, I had never heard before, and some of them are from musicals that I didn't know she had even written before we collaborated. And, um, we approached, uh, a lot of actors here in Chicago, both from the Schooner groups from the past and other shows. We had written a show called Stones. Years ago, our first collaboration was Stones. And we yeah. actually introduced Felicia Field to the world of theater. I remember yes. you
0: telling me that story, she and I couldn't never remember the name of the show. before. Yeah and you discover her right
1: yeah now. julie and her husband went down to the south side of chicago to find because stones takes place the story takes place in chicago in 1920 and it's a very gospel oriented show so julie went down to and to some churches on the south side heard felicia singing and he said i want you to come record some of my music and from there felicia has gone on to Broadway and a Tony nomination and everything else, but all because um, well, recordings of this early music. Well, like she credited Jules.
0: you in an interview I did, a podcast yeah, I did yeah. with you, you oh. and uh, Julie it discovering really her, and she said she didn't know a thing about acting, and it, but she, yeah, it
1: really she, changed her life, and she was just so great at it and such yeah. a, a natural that her career skyrocketed from there.
0: I mean, so she'll be
1: performing tonight. Oh, great! And um, my wife, Paul Scafano, will be performing. And Gustavo Miado, who has been a part of our third musical, called "Let the Eagle Fly," which is a musical about Cesar Chavez. Yeah,
0: talk about that. I I've seen it. Twice. You you and saw the very yeah first I saw the first one production, and then I saw the one at the Goodman. You did it was right. that I thought was was great. Right. So and it, it's it's the. It's a lay Ms. type show, just waiting. It is. Waiting. It's, a,
1: it's a very big show. It's an epic story about how the migrant workers, which, as most people know, have been struggling for years for equality, um, and how Cesar Chavez got them organized and uh, involved everybody in the country in the boycott, if you're old enough to remember yeah, um, the do. grapes back in the late 60s. And such so a big epic story, but we've had um, two productions in Texas and five or six in California. And Gustavo has been a real part of that. And he actually flew in from California this morning to be a part of this concert wow. this evening.
0: Well, that that uh, says a lot to yeah, to well, you, you know you and Julie and to the material.
1: <laughs> and Julie was just such a, a wonderful woman, wonderful person, much more than a collaborator, just a, a wonderful friend. And uh, and people go out of their way and they've gone out of their way we even had sheldon harnick who was a good friend and and uh dear mentor to julie he's here tonight and he'll actually be speaking and performing a song that he wrote that was a real favorite of julie's so uh you know this is the guy who wrote "Fiddler on the wolf and she loves me and wow God, that's right a, uh, one, one of and, the greats one of the greats and he'll be here tonight too so this is a very very special night
0: I and mean, we really looking forward to it so now tell us about the art of collaboration. You know, you, you're you the book writer. Right. Of what, four shows with yeah, him? Yeah, we've done four shows together.
1: Every collaboration, I'm sure, is unique
0: How does it work? Different. Because, I mean, I, some people say, well, they write the songs first and then they have to adapt the book. And I've heard it 900 different ways. Yeah.
1: No, that's just opposite of what we do. Okay. Julie was always a believer in the story. And um in three of the instances... It was, it was an idea that I had come up with in the instance of the Chavez. We were actually commissioned to write that. Um, but I write a full, as if I'm writing a full length play. I mean, it before, and she's, of course, thinking about the music and where songs might go and the placement and who might be singing. But I think if you, if the writer, the book writer doesn't sit down and write a full length play a full-length story really flesh it out before you do anything else the story somehow never gets as rich as deep as detailed as specific as it needs to get so we i when i hand her over um the, the script and she starts working on the music it's fully fleshed out she's got a full script there
0: to work from. well maybe that's one of the reasons why so many musicals the books are so bad well, when you, do it that the, formula, then.
1: when you do it the other way around, it just never quite, you know, and they always blame the book writers. Now, well, if you don't approach it that way, I don't think you have a chance to really write a detailed, specific, character-driven, story-driven musical. And that's what I like to do. Fortunately, that's what Julie liked to do. And of course, once Julie got her hands on it, it obviously it changed and grew and uh, enlarged and but we always begin with a very solid story. And uh, then that's then the fun part begins, because when you're collaborating, and she writes music, and we interweave the music into the story, into the scene. That's the fun part, when yeah. she's at the keyboard. And now, and
0: she wrote lyrics, and, too, but did you... Right. i I got to assume that the that the book writer has something to do with it here and there. Absolutely,
1: because when it, a good lyricist will take what's in the story, maybe I could show you for example a, uh, a scene that i would write and then a song that got lifted and you would see a good portion of those lyrics as they should be came directly from that scene and that's why you it hopefully gives a very seamless feel to it
0: well that's why your your show's uh... Seem to have uh, that classical Broadway, that Rodgers and Hammerstein, right, that old kind of, kind of
1: yeah, because that's passion your, flowing in and out of the scene and the song, and, and back that's into supposed the scene to be how it
0: works. I think. I think it's <laughs> the the way lesson it for you young writers. Yeah,
1: and and we have gotten away with that. We've gotten into the the era of the jukebox musical, where, where you take an existing twelve or twenty songs, whatever they are, and you work a story around, and it just doesn't work as well you're, no, but, you're you're trying
0: to make the exception's probably something. ken ludwig would crazy for you or yeah you had, it can that. work yeah i'm not saying it can't work but you're right most of the time it doesn't work yeah yeah you're most better of the time off just making go, it at a review yeah yeah
1: right just make it a review if that's what you want to do but we had a wonderful collaboration we never argued never i mean it was always a and a real respect for each other I always had final word on the story she always had final word on the songs and yet we really welcomed and respected the input of each other as we went along, and they were really happy, happy afternoons. The day she was at the keyboard, and I'd be next to her, and we'd be integrating the song into the story, and changing the story, and changing the lyrics, and flip-flopping things around. And
0: Gee, you're dispelling nights. the myth that 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 all book writers and uh, you know are always fighting with the, yeah. the lyricists. Yeah. Like those stories, do you you hear, do hear them,
1: and I think sometimes that is true, yeah. but that's not the kind of collaboration we had that's why it lasted for close to uh, 30 years wow yeah
0: but the the work was is has been so strong well
1: thank you thank and, you and uh, yeah.
0: so so tell us what's going to happen with uh with your new show well,
1: well fortunately right? um the, the 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 latest musical we we worked on is called the man who murdered sherlock holmes this was an idea i had because i'm i i love those old sherlock holmes stories and there have been uh, an attempt to musicalize Sherlock Holmes over the years pretty unsuccessfully, yeah. but i I got the idea after reading a biography of his creator, Arthur Conan Doyle, um, who got involved actually in some actual cases. He was really quite a social activist, and he thought he saw a case of injustice. Uh, he stepped in, and I got the idea for this show, and I'm very intrigued. About it. And fortunately, I got Julie intrigued about it because she's a great believer, as you can imagine, after writing a musical about how Chavez in wor- writing social wrongs and writing injustices. So she loved that aspect of the story. And the score is complete and the book is complete. And we're looking to somebody to step up and hopefully next take it to the next level of workshop where we can see what we have.
0: Well, we're, we're hoping that happens. So. That
1: would be wonderful. It
0: is, it, if, what would you say was Julie's main talent as a, as a uh, writer? I mean, I, the melodies and harmonies. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really, she was yeah. she's a wonderful t- technician, absolutely. She could write gorgeous choral harmonies, one of the best arrangers of choral work you'll ever hear. But her real talent was she wrote with her heart. Um, uh, She'd get involved, in, and, you know, I always felt guilty. I've said this to other people because after I wrote the script, I had... The feeling She read my script over more often than I did when we were working on it. She loved getting involved with the characters. She loved telling the story, and she was a great storyteller. And I think her real um, gift was taking what was on the page, musicalizing it, but never losing the story, Never lo- not just write something that was beautiful for the sake of being beautiful, but to write something that kept the story moving forward, kept the characters developing, kept... The relationships and, and being more enriched. And she was just a great storyteller.
0: Yes. Uh, and she passed the Jerry Herman test. When you leave Schooner, you're humming the tunes and yeah. you're singing them. And you hear them right. in the, the take home songs. As That's he called it. right. That's yeah.
1: right. You know, these, some of these young composers, you look at their music, it is so complicated. You're going from three quarter time to seven eighths time to fifteen sixteenths time. You're changing keys for, and then you hear it. It doesn't
0: mean anything. It doesn't do anything.
1: It's like it's being complicated for the sake of being complicated.
0: Or it's just talk. That, what I hate, that William Finn talk singing yeah, type stuff, right. where it's like recitative on the
1: bad. The gift of writing a beautiful melody, yeah. you know? And that's what Richard Rodgers had. He just wrote beautiful melodies. It wasn't complicated. You could learn a Richard Rogers song and Oscar Hammerstein song in 20 minutes because your next thought was Oscar's next lyric. And, and where the song wanted to go is right where the song went. And, uh, the gift of, of writing a beautiful melody is rare. She wrote beautiful melodies.
0: So I have a question for you. When are you going to, you and Paula, who's sitting over here, sitting when are <laughs> you guys going to do be in Schooner? Uh,
1: well, the year with the Schooner, well, I wrote, um, the original book, um, just about 20 years ago. Yeah. And that was the idea. Okay. I wrote Alma for a, for Paula and the captain for me. But when we were all those years it was at the Bailiwick, um they they weren't producing with equity actors. It was a it was a non equity cast. Unfortunately we always found a really good non equity cast. But the years went by and uh, we got older and the characters stayed the same age. And uh, now when you're the parents uh when uh, the characters in the musical of course are the parents of a nine year old and I don't think anybody's going to believe that Paul and I would be having a nine-year-old anymore. So next musical I write, I got to work twenty years ahead, oh, make, okay. make something for eighty-year-olds to play, and maybe. But you get have casting.
0: You have casts So I, I could see you as the grandfather. I now I'm old enough. Although, yeah, Jim, I although Jim Sherman does it, yeah,
1: terrific. I don't job. think I'll kick anybody out of the cast, yeah. and. Uh, take over now. i'm pretty i'm so delighted with the cast it's yeah, wonderful people uh a lot of them have been part of the schooner family for a lot of years including jim he did you know four or five years over at the bailiwick yes. and now he's in his second year at the mercury yeah. and carl hamilton has uh, also played um over at the bailiwick cory played alma down at the uh, theater center in munster and so i'm I'm most thrilled that actors love doing the show and yeah, they, they do. do want to come back and repeat it. I've heard that from a lot of actors.
0: Yeah. You know, so that's,
1: that's, uh, that's uh, the real testament.
0: And I remember uh, at the, at the uh, party after the, the uh, Theater to Center production, I was, I, where I met and mm-hmm. sat down and talked to Julie and her husband for a while. And I mentioned, I said, this needs to be a film. Schooner yeah. would be a great film. Obviously, Disney would be the one. They have such a budget. You know, has there been any thought about uh, that? Well,
1: I've I've certainly had thoughts about it for yeah. years because you, you can see these scenes. You can see the schooner cutting yeah, through the water with sure. the trees lashed on the deck and the waves splashing over the top, and yeah, oh, yeah. and the snowstorm coming up and then coming into Chicago Harbor with everybody. You can see it happening. I just don't know anybody that, that yeah. flies in those circles. So if there's anybody listening out there like Steven Spielberg, yeah, um, give me a call. Or, uh, I got a great story for you.
0: Or the or the lady from uh, uh, from uh, Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, yeah, she's G-Z made Prinsker. a few. Yeah, few she on that one. She could do it, and and somehow we have to get that to him. I, I, I agree.
1: I agree because I
0: I don't have a direct line. I have an indirect line, and and we we've tried to to you know those are always the long shots, but
1: yeah, but sometimes but, long shots come in. But
0: up. the thing is, the material's there. It just needs a filmmaker.
1: Yeah, I agree. I you agree. Know. Someone who's got the vision and. Uh, and the money, because I know you can just see it unfolding on the screen. Yeah, really I, get yeah. The
0: story, and, and not yeah. that you wrote it that way, but no, but no. that's that's just the testimony to good writing. Because I don't see much of an adaptation that would need to. Well, be done. it all
1: starts with a really good story, yeah. and you know, the Christmas tree ship is a really good story, and it was history. I, you know, most of our shows begin with a slice of history somewhere along the way. Whether it's uh, let's say, um Cesar Chavez or the, the race riots that took place in Chicago in the, uh, after World War One or the Christmas schooner or Arthur Conan Doyle, whatever I usually begin with because I love that little slice of history and then you tweak it a bit. And yeah, you've got yourself a story. Well, the
0: Cesar Chavez show. It's just maybe this is the time now. I, mean, I look at the yeah, influence. Right. Uh, the Latino people right. were one of the major factors in. in Bringing Obama yeah. back, you know, Absolutely. re-electing him, and so Absolutely. forth. Absolutely. That. Yeah. The,
1: the the productions we've had, and what's really been great about that is, um, when we first approached the Chavez family, of course they didn't know who we were, and they're very private people. But once we once they read the musical and they came to see a production, they have embraced the production wholeheartedly because it's really a, true to the story and true to what happened well we so the latinos need a up.
0: hero and he's an american right he was, american. he's not a foreign this is an right. american um, and, it,
1: it, and as the, we go on through the years people forget the story the yeah. young people really don't know the story they don't and we hear such great things about why well, uh, my grandfather came to see it and he was in tears afterwards i didn't even know my grandfather worked in the fields you know and so these things get lost as you go so, uh, it's been wonderful to hear kids talk about the conversations they've had after their parents and their grandparents. About but musically, the show. it's, yeah, she it, wrote some great oh. stuff. Oh, it just soars.
0: About 15 minutes into it, I'm saying, this is like Les Mis. Yeah, now, that's nice company to no, be it in. It is nice company yeah.
1: to be in. And, and, but you're right, it does have that, that epic kind of size to the whole thing. And she's written some great cool music How did too.
0: you, yeah? How did you research that? Because there, there's, here's a guy with a big story.
1: It is a big story, yeah. and but fortunately, when you start researching, you do realize people uh, that he had a major impact on um, on activism in in the '60s, and he was a, oh, yeah. a major hero. And even though a lot of segment of our population has forgotten the story. The information was there. It just needs to be remembered and told. And Julie, as I say, really, they got involved with the family. We, we met Cesar's wife, his children. Um, they're, they're, his brother Richard who was a major character who went to California and saw his office. I mean, we really got involved. And they really opened themselves to us and shared some wonderful stories so we could really But here's get guy a guy
0: well, that was a Navy veteran. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. and uh, an educated man. He, and and he the, did not. I mean, he he wasn't just some guy picking uh, uh lettuce. No, no, no.
1: He had had moved out of yeah. the fields and had a, was a vice president of the CSO, which was a big service organization. He was making good money. Gave all that up because he couldn't sleep at nights thinking about the people that were still in the fields. You no, know, this this was, this was a guy who had educated and got out of all of that and had the home and and a good 52 years. Well, he had the social job, consciousness but yeah. knew that there were his brothers and sisters uh and were still in the fields and still suffering and working under terrible deplorable conditions and also guided the whole m- movement uh without any violence and and, and the growers of course were t- incredibly resistant to all of this oh, yeah. they didn't they were, want things to change they were pretty change. nasty people and they were very nasty people and and as much violence as they threw at the workers, uh, Chavez knew that the, the more non-violent they reacted, the more people would come over to his side. And uh, that was the brilliance of it He got everybody involved. Well, people I remember from the churches, it, I people, was at the kids yeah. in
0: the colleges. I was at Loyal University at the time, and and we—I remember dumping the the salads. Yeah, people right. were taking them. And, you know, right. Nobody and would he, touch and any and of he, the stuff. And he knew if he yeah. could get the message out there
1: beyond the, the, the workers in the field, but get it to the colleges, get it to the churches. But
0: dramatically, your book was, was terrific. Well, and, and then those, those soaring big yeah. anthems and the big songs.
1: But it's it's really yeah. tough to put somebody's life on stage, something like that. It's such a responsibility. Uh, but when you have the Chavez family come up to you and embrace you and say, wow, that's the way it was.
0: Wow, that 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 is. Then you know you've done your job. Yeah. 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 So it's been very very rewarding. Really has. Been. We got to get somebody to. I mean, with with all the stuff that they're, I know that they're I know. putting out. That's coming out on on these tours and in Broadway. And it's, that's it's just, yeah. just so low caliber. Here's a here's something that on any level, not just because yeah, I know right. you. I, if if I didn't know you at all, I mean, it, it's the material. It, it has drop. done
1: very well. Unfortunately, a, a lot the major productions we've had, uh, the two in Texas, the four or five in in california i have always kind of been on the college level which is great because then the the, the college kids re- really pick it up and embrace it uh but uh, it needs to be moved on to that uh, the pro- professional level as yeah. well
0: we need to get we need to get somebody here to you know, to do it anyway
1: so this evening with the yes. concert we'll be performing from stones wow. and from let the eagle fly and from uh, christmas schooner of course and the man who murdered sherlock holmes as well as a plethora of songs Thanks. Um, that aren't from. Those well, I'm shows looking
0: forward typically. to it, but I've got to ask you this: Is there any chance of putting this in together as a as a review? Well, I
1: don't. Know. I don't think we could afford the talent. There's <laughs> well, so I mean, much wonderful talent on stage. I know,
0: but it, you know, uh,
1: will I don't. We'll, we'll, this this evening really is about celebrating her music. What I think people are going to be shocked is the wide range of music that she wrote. Um, there's a wide range of music being performed tonight, and people are really going to be shocked that one person wrote all of this. Uh, and the fact is, yes, he wrote all of it. So I just,
0: well, I think now, people are just going to be impressed. You're going to have to get your pen out. Uh, remember a class act? I do remember, yeah. yes, right, that Ed. Yeah. Ed Cleveland, Fla- Fla- yeah, right, story, right. the man that, that there was in for yeah, right. Chorus That's right. Well, it looks like you may have to put uh, that, well, a knows? book together with all that music. <laughs> There's a lot of music out yeah. there, absolutely. But I'm sure you could find a, a framework. Well, we'll think you about You don't have that. to do a lot of research. It sounds like this needs to be done. To get this music out. I'll tell
1: you, it's some tricks and some stuff that I had in all my years of collaborating there. Wow. I didn't know existed. So it's been fun for me to put this together.
0: Right. One more question for you uh, in, in the interest of time. What's What do you have on the horizon
1: um, as
0: a writer, mostly? As a writer, well,
1: I do have some, some thoughts that I've been okay. putting off in the in the back of my mind. Um Right now, we I say we've been working hard to get Sherlock completed, and that's completed. I do have three or four things in the back of my mind, on a much smaller level, that are um, plays that I just have never got around to sit down on my computer. And uh, maybe now that I will. We're well, um, in
0: between uh, the, in between times doing all the musings. By the way, singing in the rain is a hoot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're
1: having a great time. I tell you, the audience is nuts for it. They're up on their feet. You feel like you're a rock star at the curtain call. Because they are cheering so loudly,
0: and you—you do you, the the couple of goofy scenes, yeah. Are so I—I yeah.
1: I, I just I'm, I just play a couple of off character roles in it, but I'm having a ball doing it. It's really fun to play five or six different characters every night.
0: Well, and and Paula, who was left us, yes. she is a hoot in my one and only. She's having a lot of oh fun out there too. I yeah. mean, we we know you guys have can do anything on stage. Well, and
1: and and she'll be at the Lyric Opera this spring doing doing Aunt Eller in Oklahoma.
0: That's oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Gary Griffin directed. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I cover everything. at, and I, I, I love just that.
1: got cast as Fagin and Oliver in the spring out at Gray Lane.
0: You did? Yeah.
1: So I'll well, be very I'll be playing. Have you played Fagan Fagan that before? Year twenty, like twenty years ago, long time ago. So that's, but it's one of those roles where you know you really don't get too old. I can't wait to yeah. twenty years later to get my teeth back into Fagan. Well, yeah. So that's, uh, so yeah, she'll be w- working at. Lyric, and I'll be out drilling lane come spring. So. Wow, fantastic! The beat goes on.
0: Yeah, well, John, keep up the good work. Always a pleasure. We need talking. we need artists like you that can do anything. Well,
1: and we need people like you to support the arts. And, and this is my uh, way
0: of, of giving a little back for all of the great nights I've had. Well, we is, appreciate it. I have the I have one of the best gigs in the world. Yeah, you do it well, folks. Thanks for listening. Go thanks. see a play this week.